You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Welcome into Five Things here on KC Sports Network. It's Five Things to Watch for Chiefs Bears. You're going to hear from a bunch of different shows here on KC Sports Network. Uh, you're going to hear from Only Weird Games. You're going to hear from uh, Tucker and Outside the Trenches. Uh, you are going to hear from us here in a second. So you're going to hear from a lot of different voices here on KCSN. It's something we like doing, getting you ready for Chiefs Bears. I'm here with Maddie Lane and Craig Stout. And our thing to watch today is hey, you'll you're never gonna guess this. It's the wide receivers again. What? I mean, I it's it feels like we've had we some kind of conversation. Yeah, every every week we have something on in this show about the wide receivers. I bet we're the only ones. Probably. <laughs> I think it's extra noteworthy this week because it sounds like Richie James uh injured his MCL. Uh, and that seems like it might be a little bit more of a longer-ish term injury. And Kadarius Tony is dealing with a sprained toe. We don't really, it didn't sound from Andy Reid, you know, as serious, but with Kadarius Tony, who knows, right? Who knows? So like they might even be two wide receivers down going into this game. So that not only helps, you know, for what we're talking about here and trying to narrow down which, you know, wide receiver might step up, but also goes into the fact that like, okay, somebody's going to have to, right? So there's touches available now and who's going to get them. And like, Craig, where do you see, who do you see stepping up this particular week given those injuries that are on the cusp? I mean, I think we've got to lean on the guys that have seen the most opportunities for the Chiefs so far. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, also Justin Watson. MVS was singled out by Patrick LeVon Mahomes yep. today in his presser saying that, you know, we're going to work on getting him the ball a little bit more. Specifically vertically. Specifically, specifically vertically. said vertically, yeah. Yeah, which I could see. This, these, these Bears cornerbacks are biting on a lot of stuff underneath. I can see a stop-and-go route by MVS, especially with the safety play not being particularly good. More on that later. But I can see a situation where MVS can get loose a little bit vertically. But I'm also looking at guys like Rushy Rice, Sky Moore coming off of his best game as a professional, see if he can build on that. And I bet we do see a little bit more of Justin Ross and maybe not just as a package player in the red zone, which has primarily been when he's been on the field so far for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we're going to see a little bit more of the young wide receivers, but I do think that they are going to lean on guys like Justin Watson and their most consistent receiver so far and MDS, who Patrick Mahomes has singled out now in, in the presser this week saying, we're going to get him the ball and we're going to try and get vertical. Yeah, and I, I think verticals is the buzzword there when it comes to MVS because, like, I feel like it, it, it's they've tried to maybe get him involved in other areas of the field, or you know, it's just it's not something that they're going to be able to consistently do and see him really thrive. He needs to be a down the field ball winner. That's where he's going to find his success. I don't think he's going to ever be a, a target monster in the intermediate. Um, I don't think that's really necessarily going to be his game. And you kind of saw, like, hey, look, first possession of the game they throw a ball over over the ball and he catches it and he runs backwards and costs the team a first down and they have to yeah. so you know it's it's they've got to play to his strengths and like it is interesting to hear that they're trying to maybe trying to push the ball downfield a little more and that is absolutely where you need to try to get Marquez Valdez scantling but um yeah I it, this uh, some explosive plays would not hurt 
to kind of cure what ails this uh, with, with this offense a little bit, Matthew. For sure. And like, I think the MVS point, especially in this matchup, makes sense. It's a defense, it's a secondary that's very prone to getting beat over the top. As Craig mentioned, they have some bad, they're very bad at handling double moves. They have some really bad passing off of zone or of receivers and their zone coverage on the deep end. So you get guys lost all the time that gets pie a corner and there's no safety over the top or they do a bad job kind of leveraging it out from there. So MVS getting loose deep makes a lot of sense. I'm looking kind of at this Richie James probably being out, Kadarius Tony maybe being limited or out. That's two guys that play out of the slot, two guys you would consider maybe getting the ball in their hands for yards after the catch. Well, guess who gets to step into that role now? Rasheed Rice. And mm-hmm. he's a guy that it really excels in that spot. And then you go over and look at this Bears defense in particular. Linebackers, really bad in coverage. Safeties have not been great in coverage. Both units also are giving up a ton of yards after contact or uh, after the catch, right? They are not bringing guys down once the catch is made. It's a lot of it's the soft zone. A lot of it is, again, being very bad at passing off routes between each other. You watch them try to pass off a hitch route or a crossing route between two guys. It's really slow and leaves a ton of space, which allows running lanes after. So if Tony's missing time, if Richie James is missing time, this could be a big Rasheed Rice game just by proxy. And it also perfectly fits his skill set or at least how the Chiefs see it. So I'm kind of hoping for a big game out of the rookie. Yeah, and I could see a lot, especially if the Giants, you know, play as much cover three as they did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could see a lot of situations with a corner bailing to a deep third. Throw to Rasheed Rice on a bubble screen underneath and have him try and run through somebody in space. Ask Mike Evans about that this past week. (laughs) Caught a pass that was, you know, essentially on the sideline there and then ran over a safety for an extra set of probably 20, 30 yards. Rasheed Rice and his physical ability makes a ton of sense running into this secondary, especially when they're already playing a little bit flat-footed, not really sure who's passing off what and when. I can see a lot of scenarios where Rasheed Rice can take advantage of that and take advantage of the fact that they are playing so soft, they don't want the smoke, so step up and show what you could do in limited opportunities and earn those. You got guys out Now's the time when you can show and prove to Andy Reid. It's like, hey, I deserve the ball in my hand. I deserve these snaps. And I deserve all of the opportunities you can probably give me. The Bucks had 170 yards after the catch that's against crazy. the Bears last week. That, listen, uh, those weapons aren't bad or anything like that, but that's not their game. That is just not their game. And the fact that they were able to do that is bad news for the Bears. Oh, bad news Bears. You see what you you see what you did there. We were gonna get by, and you pointed it out. You were never, you were never gonna get by. No, I think that's a great point. I think there's not a ton of guys that are well equipped, you know, to to handle some of the manufactured stuff outside of Rashi Rice. If if Kadarius Tony, if if Richie James don't play, that's the yeah right. It, the, maybe a few more packages expand for him to try to get him involved a little bit more. I love that. I think that's great for him. But yeah, it's it's. We talked about this being an opportunity for a confidence builder for the offense, and it wasn't entirely on, uh, entirely on you know the receivers that the offense struggled last week. In fact, you know they they did some good things to kind of show some growth from week one to week two. I'm going to ask you guys this before we get out of here: Who leads the Chiefs receivers in yards on Sunday against the Chicago Bears? Oh, I'm thinking if yes. They specifically said they want to try to get him more targets vertically. I think it's a defense that is going that is more than willing to give up those plays. 
all it takes is one and NVS puts a 70 on the board, right? And that's going to be hard to surpass because the Chiefs continuously are targeting 12 receivers, you know, receiving options every single week. Yeah, um, I'm going to go where she rice. I, I think uh, he'll he'll manufacture some extra yards, you know, running through contact, breaking tackles. I think that he has the chance for a couple of explosive plays on Sunday to try and make up that stagger against guys like MVS or Justin Watson. They're going to get the ball pushed down the field on him. I think Rasheed Rice is going to be more volume and acclimation of yards rather than just you know, singular big plays. I'm going Sky Moore. I just I think you're starting to see a little bit more momentum built between chemistry between the two. Uh, I think this could be an opportunity where, you know, Mahomes has to put a little bit of trust in Sky Moore this week. So give me Sky Moore on this one. Yeah, we are used to Patrick LeVon Mahomes playing off script. But the Chicago Bears have a guy that likes to play off script in Justin Fields as well. We're going to throw to Sean Barber to tell us a little bit more about that. Hey, thanks, man. Hey, this is Sean Barber from The Process, and I'm going to give you my thing to watch for the Chicago Bears game. Man, listen, this is, to be honest, up front, a running, scrambling, athletic quarterback is something that no defense, and I mean no defense, can prepare for. When you schematically draw up the X's and O's, who's responsible for the A, B, C gap, who has contained, who has force, all the different things you have to do on defense to prepare yourself for any running play or pass concept, the one thing you cannot prepare for is the quarterback to keep the ball and run. And that's why that's such a dangerous play. Um, the, the one thing I'm seeing is, Obviously, um, and I got my man Chase here to kind of explain, uh, it seems like there's a little bit of miscommunication. There's some kind of lack of trust, something going on in the Bears camp between the quarterback and the OC. Can you explain? Yeah, so uh, when you get coached up, you have, you know, you're thinking, you're trying to, to comprehend all that stuff that's going on with the play, with the defensive schemes that are, that are being brought up against you. And sometimes that takes you out of just being you, taking that instinctual, you know, Justin Fields, who we're talking about, and the talent level that he has as a potential scrambling quarterback, I mean, that that takes that out of the game when you're processing and thinking. That takes that, you know, that fast twitch, that speed uh, in the decision-making process out of it and slows it down because he's thinking too much. When that happens, uh, man, Bears better be ready because, uh, I mean, that's that's why you drafted the guy. Yeah, no bueno for making a robot out of an athlete. You draft him to be an athlete, and then once he gets into the building, you're trying to coach him out of being what got him drafted in the first place. That's being instinctive. That's being, hey, man, like being natural. He's an athlete. Let him go be an athlete. You can calm him down on first and second plays, first and second down plays, tell him where he should be focused on and how to make the reads. Hey, when it's third down, back against the wall, and you need him to make a play, if he has to rely on his legs, you best let him rely on his legs. He might be the best athlete on the field at any time during the game, and it's a shame to let that guy not run the ball because you're scared of an injury. Because right now, Bears, you're 0-2. You're probably going to be 0-3 if you don't take the reserve, take the cap, take the governor off the Lamborghini and let him run. Again, this is Sean Barber, and I'm here with my man Chase Kaufman. Former Mizzou tight end, M-I-Z-Z-O-U, part of the process, man. And that is our one thing to watch for the Bears game. Thank you to Sean Barber and Chase Kaufman. Yeah, containing Justin Fields. It, it, it's going to be an adventure all game long. Steve Spagnuolo will have his work cut out for him there. We are going to take a break, and we will be back with more 
from this week's five things. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to wrap your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com And we are back. This is Five Things, breaking down the Chiefs versus the Bears matchup there. The KC Laboratory started with the wide receivers. Who's going to step up with Kadarius Toney? potentially out, Rishi James potentially out. And then we had Sean Barber and Chase Kaufman talking a little bit about how to contain Justin Fields. We're going to stay with containing Justin Fields a little bit here, and we're going to go to BJ Kissel and Fox Sports' Carmen Vitali to talk about blitzing Justin Fields and a little bit about the Bears' offensive line. Thanks, Craig. We're hanging out five things to watch on BJ Kissel. Hanging out with Carmen Vitali. Works for Fox Sports, covers the NFC North. Carmen, the Chiefs get ready to take the Bears on Sunday. The Chicago Bears have given you plenty uh, to cover. They've given you a lot of work to do this week, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, I 
I can't prove that I have a cold because of all of the, you know, all of the stuff that I was having to internalize yesterday, but I can't imagine it helped. But there's so much going on uh, it, within Hallis Hall right now. This week has been a very trying week for the organization, both on and off the field. Uh, you have Justin Fields coming out and saying that he's playing robotic. He isn't playing his game the way that he wants to and points to the fact that coaching could be a reason for that. He's trying to internalize too much information uh, and it's not working and it's not allowing him to play freely. And then he comes back after that and says, I wasn't blaming the coaches and it was just a back and forth. And meanwhile, the Bears defensive coordinator resigns amid very uh, mysterious circumstances, bizarre circumstances, whatever words you want to uh, assign to that situation. Uh, it's it's not for me to speculate. This is the rumors going around and all of that kind of stuff. This is something you can't be wrong on. And right. God help me, I hope I'm wrong on it. So uh, that's, that's kind of, I, I don't know how you bounce back from this. We just saw actually today, uh, Thursday at practice, Luke Getze and Justin Fields hugging it out yeah. for the cameras. So I saw the video. So obviously everything's fine. Obviously everything's fine. They hugged at practice, like pointing to the cameras. Like that's clearly everything's okay. Um, so this could go one of two ways. Either they continue to implode or this was some sort of come to Jesus moment. And they just, they, with all this emotion, they figure out how to challenge channel it and they go into Arrowhead and do some crazy stuff. Um, yeah. but we're, we're, we're going to see. Yeah, this is a terrifying. I, this conversation is kind of happening locally. It's like it's a terrifying game to bet if you're the Chiefs because yes. the line being like twelve yes. and a half or whatever it is. Like, I have used the line. I, I mentioned it earlier when I was recording for the pregame show for the radio stuff that I do here. That you know, never underestimate the power of an embarrassed professional athlete and their ability <laughs> to overcome a bad performance and figure it out for the next week. And then for that reason, you could see the Bears. I could very easily see the Bears lose 50 to nothing in this game. They just quit. They're done. They they don't have enough structure in place with the people that are in charge and a new regime. They're trying to turn things around. It could implode even further than it has. Or they could come out and use this week and use every, like, it's us against everybody else, and they come out and play really well. And both neither one of those things would surprise me because the Chiefs are also going through some stuff. I saw a graph earlier that, you know, through two games last year, the Chiefs had scored 71 points right now. They scored 37 through two games, obviously going up against the Bears team. It's given up 65 points in their first two games. So you want to say it's a get right game for the Chiefs offense that hasn't shown, you know, what we've become accustomed to seeing from Patrick Mahomes and company. But uh, before we move on to kind of your thing to watch um, going into this game, I do have a question regarding Justin Fields and Luke Getze. And as somebody who covers them, has been around them at some level, when you saw the comments, you've covered NFL for a long time in a lot of different places. And one of the first things that popped in my head is, was that comment one of those like starting to make excuses, starting to kind of point the finger at somebody else? Or is that just a an actual moment of realness that came out in media that we don't always see? Because you just want, hey, just be honest about stuff. And then when players are honest, it's like, oh my God, did you hear what he just said? I'm like, it could just be an honest take. What was your sense when you heard and saw it and having a chance to know them at some level? Do you think it's, there's more there or do you think it was just that's how it came out? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I think I don't know that it was as far as premeditated on Justin Fields' part to kind of light a fire underneath the coaching staff. I mean, he did go on to say that 
you know, they can be critical of each other, the coaches and the players, and it's not taken personally. They're all grown men. They're all trying to be better. That's that's the name of the game in the NFL. But I do think that there is some frustration with Justin Fields kind of being a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. And I, I wrote about that extensively this week for FoxSports.com because I don't feel like Justin Fields thinks that this system fits in because the system doesn't fit his skill set. It doesn't utilize his skill set. Um, and he hasn't been utilizing his skill set uh, through two weeks. And so I think this might have been a little bit of the, hey, like, I'm not going to be your scapegoat for why everything is going wrong, while at the same time, not like being just a little bit more honest about the fact that, yeah, I'm frustrated, too. And there are things that are happening behind the scenes that you guys don't get to see. And I'm trying to process all of this stuff. And it's just not working out for me right now. And it's not working out for the coaches either. Um, I don't think that he was trying to exclusively blame the coaches either. And I don't think anybody really took it to mean that. Um, we all knew that he was also taking accountability for the fact that he needed to get better. Yeah. Um, but that just speaks to the fact that there are multiple levels of dysfunction right now that are going on within this Bears offense in particular. And then obviously the organization as a whole. Yeah. I, if it's something that they had said to each other. And it was just a very open conversation that he's happened to say it in front of the media. It could have very easily been not a big thing, but it can be seen as that. So, Carmen, as we look towards the game on Sunday, what is the one thing, and I'm assuming it's surrounding Justin Fields, just with him and this performance, what are you most looking forward to watching or kind of seeing how it develops as this game kicks off Sunday afternoon? I just think the difference maker here is going to be how uncomfortable uh, Steve Spagnuolo can make Justin Fields. I mean, that's kind of the name of the game with him in general. Uh, that was what the, the Bucks really honed in on last week and when in, in Tampa. And that's what the Packers have tried to do is just make him uncomfortable as, as much as possible. He's not really in a rhythm to get him out of. So I think that that manifests itself with the Chiefs as as blitzing. Like I just have to imagine, I think right now the Chiefs are, what, fifth in blitz rate? Um, like through two games. And I don't see that stopping, especially now that you have Chris Jones ramped up a little bit more. You should think that he's kind of at his full potential and capacity. And I just foresee uh, Steve. I, I, I think Spags is just going to blitz him. Like <laughs> Jesus, going to bring guys, he's going to bring guys on a con- on near constant basis against uh, Justin Fields. And again, this offensive line, it was an afterthought yesterday, but there's left tackle Braxton Jones is on IR. And they don't have an immediate contingency plan. Like it's not a clear plan as to who exactly is going to replace him. Larry Borum is probably the most likely. He's a swing tackle for the Bears, but he didn't really pan out at right tackle last year. He lost that job to their rookie coming in, Darnell Wright. There were conversations, or there have been conversations about moving Darnell Wright to left tackle. Uh, if you know anything about me, this is not something that I advise pretty much ever, with now the exception, I guess, of Tristan Wirfs, because he's that athletic of a freak. But certainly not in a rookie's first year do you want to move him after two games. And it doesn't sound like that's their first option or their first choice to, to remedy the situation that way. But this line hasn't been great for them for over a, a season now. And now with these injuries, um, it's just I Justin Fields is going to go out there and play backyard football. And the way to combat that is just to go after him. And I think yeah. that that's what Steve what Spax is going to do. Stay in your rush lanes. Don't let him get outside of it and then bring it. One of the things we've always joked with here about Spags, and it's kind of been the thing throughout his career, even going back to his time as head coach of the Rams, is that you never judge a Spags defense before Halloween. 
because they spend the first six, seven weeks just kind of trying different things, kind of testing out the group that you have, figure out what works, what doesn't work. And then you perfect that the second half of the season going into the playoffs. But uh, we've seen them get a little more aggressive earlier in the season, like you mentioned, over the first two games. I don't know how much of that was week one uh, without Chris Jones and kind of having to manufacture some pressure. Yeah. And then last week against the Jags, just blitzing Trevor Lawrence is something that you look at some of the pressure numbers, look at some of the advanced analytics, like it's another player you want to put pressure on. Hasn't proven that he can consistently beat you without having those mistakes. Uh, they come back to kind of bite that offense. So we'll see how it plays out with Justin Fields. It's going to be the storyline, how comfortable he is in the pocket, how much information is he getting during the game on the headset, all those things that uh, the media made a big deal about this week. But Carmen, we appreciate it. Before we let you go, do you have any kind of prediction for this? I know we said it could go one of two ways. Yeah, that's my prediction is it can go one of two ways. I'm not going to go against the NFL script writers here, okay? Like, yeah. I could have never um, fathomed any of the stuff that came out of Hallis Hall, I'm sore there. Any of the stuff that came out of Hallis Hall on Wednesday, I could have never in my wildest dreams uh, come up with that. So uh, who am I to make a prediction? I, I, if you're going to force my hand, I don't think it ends up working out in the Bears' favor. But I mean, I've been wrong before. So yeah, eventually we're going to see Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense click. A lot of young receivers, a lot of young guys, a lot of Guys in new spots, and we've talked about this a lot during the offseason. You're asking a lot of receivers for the Chiefs to all take a step forward in the same year in order to be able to execute the way that you want. Not that they can't get there, but it's going to take a little longer than uh, Chiefs fans had hoped or come to expect from Patrick Mahomes in this group. But Carmen, we appreciate it. Make sure you follow her and all of her work covering the NFC North for FoxSports.com. We appreciate it. Thanks. All right, Craig, back to you. Thanks, BJ. I appreciate you as well. Yeah, Steve Spagnolo containing Justin Fields. You better blitz him. Test that offensive line. Test their communication. Makes all the sense in the world to me. Coming up next, we're going to stay in the trenches here with Tucker and Big B talking a little bit about the Bears offensive line a little more and talking a little bit about just Jawan Taylor. I really hope that Tucker also appreciates me. All right, I appreciate that, Craig. I'm hanging out with Big B, Brian Hanley. Outside the trenches here, obviously, you know we're talking about the trenches. I'm Tucker Franklin here as we are diving into the interiors of this matchup, where this matchup will be won and lost. And Big B, a big spotlight was put on Jawan Taylor after the first game. In the second game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, gets flagged five times. Listen, I know that there's a big emphasis on what he's been doing, how mentally is that for a guy to get thrown five flags on something you've been doing? And now two of those were holding, I should preface. But uh, so let's just say a, a few flags on something you've been doing your whole career. How much of an adjustment is that? And and uh, what do you make of, of all those penalties? Um, You know, I feel a little bad for him because the first week of the season, I think it's the referee's obligation to kind of go to him and say, hey, guy, you got to move up. Yeah. You got to move up. I see where you're at. I see what you're doing. You got to move up. And then if he doesn't move up, then throw a flag on him. Okay. Hey, and then you can always tell Andy Reid, hey, I told him, you know, move up. Getting off before the snap count, I mean, th again, that's subjective. If referees are going to call it, then you just can't do it. Uh, what I do love, I don't like it. I love that Andy Reid came out in the media and said he doesn't have to do that. He is good. He is quick. He yeah. can get off the ball. We'll work with him this week to get it fixed. I love that he did that. 
Because there's some head coaches that would just say, you know, it's boneheaded and got to fix it and all this stuff. No. Andy Reid, which is why so many players love Andy Reid, he said, hey, he doesn't have to do this. He's good enough. He's quick enough. We'll fix this. We'll work with him and get it fixed. So I, I, I just think the first part, the referees got to help him. If the referees think that it's bad, they got to go to him and tell him. Okay. Mm. And the second part, again, and it, the, he'll get it fixed, but it is on him. He's got to do some things on his end too because he knows that he's doing it. And I don't think that he has to. Some of it might be, hey, I got this big contract. Um, you know, I'm Perkins Patrick Mahomes now. I don't want anything to happen to him, especially if it's me. You know, so a lot of that can play into the mentality or the mental aspect of it. Uh, but I just think he's a better player than that, and I think they'll get it corrected. Absolutely. I, I totally agree, and I, and, I, and I love that Andy Reid did come out and say that, as you mentioned, on the same page there. And he's quick, too. Like, he doesn't he doesn't have to. He looks really good in those pass sets. He glides. He glides good. in those pass sets. And he, he's he's been pretty good for the Chiefs outside of the penalties, really. Uh, when you look at some of the pancakes he's had in that game, and there's been some really, really big plays where he's had some uh, big blocks as well. Offensive line still trying to gel together. When you take a look on the other side of things with Chicago, boy, oh boy, that team is a mess. And we did, we dove into that a little bit on the Outside the Trenches episode, if you haven't listened to that already. That team is a mess. Their offensive line might even be more of a mess as uh, they put Bra Braxton Jones on the IR. He joins Tevin Jenkins, who already is on the injured reserve uh, for that offensive line. Uh, head coach Matt Eberflus said that Larry Borum and Jatiri Carter possible replacements. That's a rookie and a guy who was drafted in 2021, uh, Larry Borum out of Mizzou. Um, when Big B, when we were going over kind of the injuries and everything that's been going on with this uh, with this Bears offensive line, I said to you, man, Chris Jones is going to have a big day. Yeah, I, I think Chris Jones is going to have a big day. I think the whole defensive front. I think they're going to be able to get after Chicago. Um, look, they got after Jacksonville, you know, so I just think they're going to be able to get after Chicago. The one thing that I would suspect that Chicago tries to do is run the football, you know, to, mm -hmm. to try to slow down all this pass rush and all that. I think they're going to come out and try to test the Chiefs on the ground. So if the Chiefs are going to be solid on the ground and stopping the run, uh, which for the most part they have been, if they come out and they do that, they're going to be fine uh, because, yeah, Chicago's off, Chicago's team is a mess, but in particular, their offensive line is just an absolute disaster right now. That was one of the points of emphasis, I think, for the Chicago Bears coming into the season was fixing that offensive line as obviously getting tools for, for, uh, for Justin Fields, but fixing that offensive line so he does have some protection and some time yeah. to kind of uh, be able to throw back there was kind of a big emphasis seemingly falling flat this year. Uh, when you talk about uh, what they've done, but I think what what's really interesting, maybe to look at, take a look at too, Big B. Last week, the Chiefs only had one true nose tackle active mm -hmm. in Derek Nottie. Uh They brought a, they they they've got other nose tackles on their roster, all inactive. Keandre Coburn being one of those guys. Do you think this is a situation now when they're going against a team that does, as you mentioned, could run the ball a little bit more to slow down that pass rush? We could see some more nose tackles active on game day. I think so. I think so. I believe they thought that Jacksonville was going to try to throw it a lot, and they did. Uh, so you want to get more pass rushers into the rotation. I think this is a week where they th uh, believe that Chicago is going to try. Because, look, them throwing the ball has been a disaster. Man, it's been bad. 
So I think they're going to have to change something. So what do you change? Let's try to run the football. And I think the Chiefs know that. They'll have some more guys in there that are capable of stopping the run at the nose tackle position. I agree. This is going to be a good game. Hopefully we see the Chiefs offense get back on the right track with that offensive line. I want to see a dominating performance from both sides of the ball inside the trenches. That's Big B, Brian Hanley. I'm Tucker Franklin. We are outside the trenches. We're out without Nick Leckie right now, but we go live every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Come hang out with us late nights on KCSN on our YouTube channel. Appreciate you. We're going to send it back to Craig Stout for more five things. Thanks, Tucker and Big B. We put a real big focus on testing Justin Fields and that offensive line, and it makes all the sense in the world. That's the biggest topic to talk about, and DraftKings is the biggest place to place your bets if you have been listening to KCSN. We are back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly at bonus bets. You throw five down on any of these week's epic matchups, and you can walk away an instant winner. DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage. All of them, not just new ones, can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you are in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code KCSN. New customers can bet just $5 to get that $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles and Los Angeles, or sorry, Louisiana, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, see sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. We have covered the Bears offensive line. We have covered the Chiefs wide receiver. We have talked about blitzing Justin Fields. We have talked about containing him and keeping him in the pocket. And now... We are going to throw to our good pals over at Only Weird Games, Nate Taylor and Joshua Briscoe, to give us a little bit of a rundown about the Bears' safety play. Thank you, Craig. It's an honor to receive that throw from you. Uh, Joshua Briscoe and Nate Taylor from Only Weird Games here with you. No Seth this week. It's fine. He'll be back eventually. Nate, we talked about this a tiny bit on Only Weird Games this week, uh, looking ahead to Chiefs-Bears, but, but you saw something when you look at the Bears' defense that is not a good thing for them, but really makes me ask some some interesting questions about the Chiefs' offense this week. Tell me what you saw from the Bears' safeties. Incompetence? Uh, it's it's a bit strange, Josh, that we are this early in the season and you can already sort of circle a matchup that the Chiefs should feast on, um, which is, hey, if you know the Bears don't have a great pass rush, take some shots, right? Uh, even on first down, maybe in the middle of the field, this could potentially be a big Marquez Valdez Gatlin game, especially if Kadarius Tony is not available. So, between 
what Mike Evans and Chris Godwin did, who were not as fast as Marquez Valdez-Scantlin, I believe the Bear safeties might be the worst duo of safeties I've seen in a while. Uh, I know they've had some injuries in the secondary, but look, Tariq Stevenson, Eddie Jackson, Elijah Hicks, Josh Blackwell, uh, they did not play well last week. And when you add Andy Reid's scheme and Patrick Mahomes' ability to go downfield, uh, I think this could be one of those matchups that helps not only the Chiefs get in rhythm, but maybe score uh, 30 or more points on Sunday. That's exactly where I'm at. I, I keep looking at that 30-point mark. I'm pretty sure I picked them to pass it in week one and week two. Mm. And, and this week, with the Bears' defense being a perfect a perfect opportunity for a get-right game, I, I would love to see a big MVS game. I would love to see Mahomes test the defense deep a little bit because that's an element of this offense that's been all time one of the most fun things they're able to do at a rate that, that at its best no one does better right but then defense is adjusted over time and it's you know the NFL didn't solve Patrick Mahomes but he even talked about it again this week I think that you know the, the evolution of, of how defenses treat him in this Chiefs offense that's legitimate I would love to see them break out of some of some of those tendencies if they are able to pick on a weaker Bears unit there I just don't know if they're going to or or how confident mm. they are that they can. This this is another thing we can kind of spit it into with, with Richie James and Kadarius Tony, James being we we presume out. Um, yeah. and and Tony certainly trending in that direction uh, as we as we talk now in in real time, but if if Justin Ross gets a chance to test some things vertically, I'd love to see it. If Rasheed Rice gets more work, I'd love to see it. But MVS is the one guy and I guess Justin Watson next up. Right. There, there are a couple of guys that I feel like Mahomes trusts, but they're not the guys that are the most exciting to see get the targets. And I, I don't, I'm just very curious to see how that part gets balanced out. Who does Mahomes trust and who does he need to build a better relationship with over the next 10 weeks or so? Yeah, it would be great if, you know, Rasheed Rice had those opportunities and maybe because of the injuries, he'll get a little bit more snaps this Sunday. But I really believe that not only does Patrick trust Justin Watson even to throw into double covers last week against the Jaguars, unfortunately it was an interception, I, I just get the sense that you could do a lot of play-action deep shots or you could use both players, Marcos Valdez-Scanlon and Justin Watson, to go down the field and maybe it even opens up something for Travis Kelsey on like sort of that intermediate deep area of the field. Um, the other thing that I think could help the Chiefs even if the Bears aren't one of the best teams at presenting a good pass rush, is Mahomes extending the play kind of like what we saw at the fourth quarter in Jacksonville, which is just extending the play, letting the secondary sort of tell you where to throw the football. Mm. And considering Baker Mayfield had quite a bit of success, you know, at creation, at, you know, extending plays, a little bit of improvisation, I think Mahomes can either manipulate the safety's eyes downfield or use his legs to let him throw the ball deep downfield. And it's good to see that that worked last week with Sky Moore, but I truly believe uh, this might be a game where Marquez Valdez-Scanlon can, can really put on the afterburners, and if Mahomes hits him in stride, then it's one of those plays that you might want to bookmark for the early part of the season that leads to maybe success and the Chiefs being back to you know who they are as a potent offense later in the year. It would be a great way to jumpstart this offense. I very much want to see it, almost as much as I want to see Craig Stout. Back to you, Craig. 
Thank you, Nate and Josh. This is going to be a terrific weekend of football and a terrific weekend to support your Chiefs. If you want to turn around and offer that support back to our wonderful sponsors, you need to please listen to the 810 pregame show. They're out there. They're doing good quality work. If you are out there tailgating away at Arrowhead, or even if you're just driving in or sitting at home, listen to the 810 pregame show. They have a lot of NFL action for you. They're going to have your Monday night football, your Thursday night football games. They've got that all there for you. But most importantly, they got that pregame show that you're going to want to listen to. And speaking of tailgating, the Lot J tailgate alongside KCSN, they are going to be out there on the northwest side of Lot J. Just look for the big party. We are very happy to have them on board with us and really showing out for KCSN. Lot J always puts it on really, really, really strong. So if you've never been to a tailgate out there, get out there and definitely do that. And then after the game, after you've watched the Chiefs come away with a victory and you've watched the five things that we've just talked about here in this episode, make sure that you are right here on the KCSN YouTube channel or at the Kingdom Bar and Grill for the KCSN post-game show brought to you by Holiday Distillery and the Kingdom Bar and Grill. We'll be there. We'll be breaking down everything that just happened, talking about all the wonderful things that the Chiefs did and doing our official toast game at the end of it. So make sure you got a little bit of the holiday bottled and bond bourbon ready for that. I am Craig Stout. For everybody here at KCSN and on 5 Things Today, be kind to each other, and we will catch you later.